All right, everybody, welcome to the next episode of the Smashing Brands podcast. Today, I am joined by Frank Macri, who is the founder and president of Speak More, Make More, which is a professional speaking academy. Frank, how about you give us a little bit of background of who you are? Sure. Yeah. So, I president and founder of Speak More, Make More Professional Speaker Academy. I am an introvert, yet I love public speaking. Um, I don't like being in the spotlight, yet I also like to present to people. So I've, yeah. I've established a career now where I uh, help entrepreneurs, our team helps business owners, coaches, holistic practitioners, looking to get their message out there to a wider audience yeah. and uh, be able to leverage their business through public speaking. Awesome. So you have a really interesting story. So how did you kind of get started? We can talk from like the very beginning, like, you know, from like high school, how you're feeling, you know, being introverted to how you came to creating this awesome business today. Yeah. Uh, so I uh, grew up grew up in New York and I was the quietest person in my family, the quietest person in the classroom. Yeah. I just, I actually had a lot of shame around the way my voice sounded. I, I didn't like to to open my mouth and speak because I thought that I would stumble on my words, I thought I would sound stupid, I thought that people would judge me. Uh, I was also uh, closeted, so I hadn't come yeah. out. And I worried that if I truly expressed myself that people would judge that. So I spent years of my life uh, being invisible and keeping myself hidden, keeping myself uh, in the background, behind the scenes, and it, t it started to take a toll on me. I was living a lie for so many years. I knew that I had things inside me I wanted to share. I knew yeah. that I had a, a purpose I wanted to live, but the fear was getting in the way. And it wasn't until I uh, was diagnosed with a thyroid disease wow. at, at 16 years old that I started to realize I need to make my life matter, I need to share my voice, and I, I can't and will not wait for someone to give me permission to do that. Yeah. So the diagnosis was such a scare, but it was also a wake-up call for me because I realized that I needed to give myself permission to, to share my voice. Uh, so I did. I started by coming out, and after that I started to just say yes to my dreams, to say yes to what inspired me. Uh, saying yes to sharing my voice and I uh, actually moved across the world to really start blazing my own trail. I taught English in China for two years and that's where I started to cultivate this entrepreneurial mindset yeah. of really knowing how, how and why I wanted to have my own business and uh, I was in front of the room teaching Chinese students English realizing okay I, even though I'm this quiet introvert on the inside, it doesn't mean it has to affect my ability to connect with people What influence? Yeah, awesome. What influenced that decision like, hey, I just graduated, I'm gonna go to China? Yeah, so it was actually, I had no, I had no idea that people could get paid to teach English in other countries. I really didn't know that that was truly a thing. Yeah. So I graduated uh, taking a class, a religion class. I took one religion class and I never really considered myself religious. I was interested in spirituality, but I thought I would take this one class. And it opened my world up to just really questioning who I am and why I'm here. So the professor, when we graduated, sent us all an email saying, hey, 
think about this opportunity in China where you can teach English and get paid. So I thought something lit up inside my soul. And you, you ever have those moments where you just feel it just this, feels right. You feel this draw to something. You don't even know why, but your soul is just screaming yes. So here I was, a new college grad. I went to Boston University, and I was given this opportunity to teach English in China. And I also was given this opportunity to work a nine-to-five corporate job where I knew I would be comfortable. I knew I would be safe. But I also knew that I would be、uh, living out of fear. That I would be、yeah. feeling drained every single day. So it was one of those questions of doing what my head thought I should do, living the life I thought I should live, or living the life I thought I needed to live because yeah, it's what、powerful. it's what my heart said to do. And I think every entrepreneur eventually makes that decision and and follows that call. So I said yes to China. I left behind everything, my family, my friends, and I left behind the the expectations of who I thought I should be in this lifetime. I left behind the part、cool. of me that said your voice doesn't matter, and I started embracing and inviting in that part of me that says you have something to share. You are here for a special purpose, and and everything started to open up. It sounds crazy, but when I was in China, I started to build my business, and I, I lived my American dream. <laughs> Yeah. In China, because that's really where I got started as、yeah. a, as a business coach and as a public speaker. Yeah, that's amazing. So you you're teaching in China,、yeah. teaching English. How do you go from that to creating a professional speaking academy? Yeah, so I I was teaching these middle school students, and I I、uh, was like, okay, I'm able to speak in front of a group, and I I started to just think about the dynamics that went into speaking,、mm-hmm. and I also was feeling so fulfilled, and and I knew that. I I was I felt alive for the first time in my life, and I there's a quote about you know there are some people who exist and others who are alive. I'm、yeah. totally botching the quote, but I I felt that difference in China, and I was able to backpack around Southeast Asia, and I wanted to help others fully express themselves, share their voice, and also get paid for it. So I returned to North America. I was certified to become a professional. Life business executive coach, and from there I started to embrace entrepreneurship and really、yeah. dive into this. But I had no freaking clue what I was doing, and I had the website that I made. I had my social media.、Mm-hmm. I started to dabble into personal branding of really figuring out well who am I and how is that going to translate into my business、yeah. uh, and attract and attract clients. But nothing was working. Nothing was working at all. I I was not literally. I knocked on people's doors. This was now in Vancouver where I was living. I was knocking on random businesses' doors, saying, "Will you hire me to be your coach?" And I would get a lot of、uh, people ignoring me. I'd get a lot of messages that didn't go answered, and I just kept following up, and still didn't have any response. What coaching at this point? This was、uh, what kind of coaching? Yeah, was this speaking coaching or more like business、this、coaching? Life, any kind of coaching, life、oh, okay. coaching, business coaching,、um, health relationship coaching.、Yeah. I was just looking for anything, and and that's one of the lessons I learn and now teach is that you need to have a crystal clear niche. That's one of the seven keys we cover、right. at the Speak More Make More Summit. So I realized I I needed to do something different, and part part of my soul said. Do a workshop, give that a shot. So I I connected with a local gym in Vancouver. They had a spare、uh, fitness room 
with, with yoga mats. <laughs> cool. And they said, you can do a workshop here. And they actually let me promote it at their gym, which was really kind of them. So I ended up getting 30 people to sign up for this workshop. Paid or free? It was a totally free workshop at the time. And what was it on? It was, oh my gosh, I don't even remember. It was something about just um, about belief mindset. It was about shifting mindset um, and like living your best life. It was very broad and very generic, and I was just yeah. trying to do whatever stuck. So I um, had all these people signed up, and I was so excited the day of my workshop. I set up the room beautifully. I had a whole script presentation prepared. I had props. I had music. And I was ready to, to share my voice finally. You yeah. know, this was a huge deal. I was going to be speaking and representing myself and my business. So uh, it was about 15 minutes up to the workshop. And uh, I had the whole room set up. People, I was still waiting for people to arrive. And then it led to 10 minutes before the workshop. No one's there. So I'm thinking, all right, people are probably running late. They're going to be rushing in. And it's going to be so exciting. And then five, four, three minutes left. No one's there. And I thought, how could this be? I had 30 people sign up. And then one minute left, uh, I felt my phone start to buzz. And I'm like, oh my gosh, it's an attendee. They're running late. It's fine. And it was actually uh, my partner at the time who said, uh, so excited for you. Can't wait to hear about what a success your workshop is and all the people that you're going to inspire. So I felt my whole body just kind of get goosebumps and cringe almost to the point of tears because I put yeah. down my phone and I looked into this empty room, yeah. a completely empty room. And I, I felt like a failure. I just felt like here I am actually putting yeah. myself out there and getting no response. So I started to pack up my things. And right before I left, someone walked in the door, an older woman, and she looked curious, so I asked her if she was there for the workshop, and she said I was, but I thought it'd be a big group of people. And I said, well, it's not, it's actually just you, and do you want me to still present? Is that still something you're open to? And, and her name was Mary. She said she was happy to hear my presentation. So I delivered an, like a 90-minute presentation to one person in this big space at a gym, private room. Wow. And I, the whole time, my whole inner critic was going off in my head. You know, that voice in our head that tells us that we're not good enough. Mm -hmm. It was just saying, who do you think you are? She doesn't care. Uh, look, no one showed up. You got one person. You know, you should just go back to, go back to what you should be doing. Like, maybe don't do this whole entrepreneurial thing. Uh, people don't really want to hear your voice. And I didn't listen to those voices. I just delivered. I shared, even though those fears were coming up. It's like, feel the fear and do it anyway. Yeah. And at the end of the workshop, she was so energized and excited. And she was so grateful. She said, thank you for sharing your voice with me. And that's where everything started to click. Mm. And it was Mary, that one person that inspired me to put myself out there again yeah. and do another workshop. And that's why I really believe in the power of one person. It just takes one person to, to just give you that little nudge to tell you to say yes to your dreams, to share your voice. So I, I did another workshop and I put yeah. myself out there again. And can you guess how many people attended that one? <laughs> 10. No, but thank you. I wish, <laughs> I wish it were 10 lower. <laughs> 
five. It was actually two. Nice. Double. I, I doubled my turnout rate. That's why I was so happy. And <laughs> and you might think, what? You got two people. And, and that's when I realized it's not about, it's not about, uh, entrepreneurship is not about the outcome. It's about showing up. Yeah. It, it's about saying yes and showing up. And whoever's in front of you are the divine right people that are meant to hear you. Mm. And it takes one person who's inspired by you that will lead you to the next, that will inspire you to go to the next thing and yeah. to the next workshop. And now I can say that I've led events of 70 people. I've done small workshops that were an hour, actually did a 12 minute workshop, which was crazy. And I've done three day events, 30 hours in front of a room speaking. Wow. I've done, uh, I was, I led a retreat in Hawaii last month. Yeah. So now I, the crazy thing about this is that the one thing that used to scare me the most as a kid, speaking, speaking has become the biggest and the single most important asset in growing my business. Amazing. That's a really good story. I like that. That's inspiring. So what is speak more, make more today? Yeah. So, uh, speak more, make more is, is, is a branch of the business that I run now. And uh, it really comes from that that part of my soul that feels that my purpose is to inspire others to share their voice. Okay. That, that was my journey. You know, when I shared yeah. my voice, it healed my thyroid. It, it, it just filled up my soul. Yeah. I felt that when I speak, I, I'm able to share my message, inspire people. And I know that we all have that part of us that has something we want to share. And that part of us that might want to get paid as well to, yeah. to be able to inspire people. And I was able to do that. And what I'm so passionate about is the other clients I've been able to support doing that as well. So I, I created Speak More, Make More as, as an academy to give people who are, whether they're just launching and trying to figure out what is their message, what is their speaker brand, what is their story and how could they share it, or they've already had some experience, maybe getting uh, free, free gigs, but wanting to translate it into something where it's more sustainable and lucrative. It's a place for people to connect and get the tools they need to thrive as speakers. Yeah. So why is speaking an important extension to someone's career, especially as they build their personal brand? Speaking is, it's your, it's your ability to connect with others, yeah. to, to build that heartfelt connection. Our, your words matter, your message matters, the way you share matters. And, uh, you know, it's sometimes those first 15 seconds that you have with someone where you really need to captivate them. And if you don't, you might lose out on a connection, on a business opportunity. So speaking, no matter if you're an entrepreneur or not, it's, it's essential to know uh, how to powerfully communicate so that you can connect with others, build trust yeah. with people. And not in a, in a manipulative type of way, but truly a heartfelt, genuine, authentic way of sharing yourself. Mm -hmm. And and a lot of people when they think public speaker they go to you know big names extroverted people that speak in front of thousands, and what I what I teach at the academy and our summit is that personality doesn't matter. Yeah. It, it does not matter if you are an introvert and I am an introvert. People don't believe me. I'm truly an introvert. I spend ninety percent of my time by myself, yeah. enjoying my own company, working from home, and I and energizing myself up for my big events. So it's not about your personality. It's not about how you sound. Uh, I've supported people who speak English as a second and third language. It's not about how, how perfectly 
you could speak the English language. It's about your ability to connect and share your voice. And yeah. Speak More, Make More is a place for people to learn how to do that. Absolutely. So I just think when you're building your personal brand, it's all about developing trust. And I say it doesn't really matter if you're an entrepreneur or just a business professional or now or, or no matter what industry you're in. You could be a marketer, you yep. could be a salesperson, you could be in fitness, you could be in finance. And as you're building your personal brand, which is essentially another word for your present for your reputation, um, one of the, I think one of the best ways to do that is to speak in front of a group of people. Because it's really showing, I mean, we're creating content online, you're probably going to be watching this on LinkedIn, that's powerful that you're seeing, you know, us talking about this subject, but when you can really captivate a room of people, mm -hmm. then, at least in my opinion, that shows that you are definitely an authority in that room, and even more than that, you're responsible for all the connections that are made within there, yeah. so that's further growing your reputation and helping you make a bigger impact and... I guess just help the world as a whole. I think I think speaking is a very it's a very captivating experience. So that's a big reason why you're on the podcast, and uh, I'm so happy you're here to help share this message. So. Yeah, yeah, it's you hit that you hit the nail on the head. It's it is a, such a lovely way to grow your personal brand. It's essential, and uh, you know everyone can. Everyone, even if they're just getting started, it's it's about there's so much of it that's mindset. And a lot of people don't realize that. There's a lot of uh, focus that's when people think of public speaking that's put on um, the way you stand and your body posture. And speaking the, the not the I know, right? The nonverbal <laughs> communication. And, you know, I've heard statistics that have said something like, you know, uh, communication is 93% of the nonverbal. Mm. It's, it's your pitch, your modulation, your body language, and only 7% of what you say. And yeah, that might be true. And yes, there's ways that you can learn how to memorize a script. Anyone can learn how to memorize a script and share it. Yeah. But what I've learned from doing uh, just dozens of live events and, and growing a six-figure uh, income from speaking is that it's 100% about the connection and the trust yeah. that you build with your group. Absolutely, because you could be saying something, but if it's not resonating with that group of people, or yes. you're not feeling it, if you're not feeling it, they're not feeling exactly. it. Exactly. Right? Exactly. Yeah. So let's say I'm interested in speaking, either I want to make more money, grow my personal brand, whatever it may be, how can I really get started? And there's two parts that I'm interested in. What do I need to be clear about myself? Mm -hmm. And how do, what are like the first actionable things I could be doing to be getting in front of other people? Sure, so uh, one of the common questions I get and our academy members get uh, asked is, uh, how do I get started? Mm -hmm. What do I speak about? Uh, and, and just how do I begin? How do I figure out what I'm gonna share? Well, the truth is everyone has many stories that they could share. And if you're talking about the business, starting a business and yeah. being an entrepreneur, uh, the, the, the businesses they've found, a lot of marketers find today that uh, those businesses that share their stories and, and lead with their story have better results. They, mm. they generate more sales because every product and service yes. is attached to a story yeah. and a person. True. And uh, there's there's something there that's really magical. And um, there's this funny example I talk about at the summit that this 
person went to a garage sale and they they found that this woman was selling these little uh, porcelain chili cats. They're actually little cat statues with chilies painted on them. Yeah. And it's the most random little tchotchke, you know, what's, what would be the purpose of that? So this man gathered them all up and put them on eBay, tried selling them. No one bought them. And then decided, you know what, I'm going to put it back on eBay and write the story of the woman who sold them to me and how she collected them and made them and they were a big part of her life. Yeah. And put it back on eBay. The chili, one of these chili cats, it's a little chili cat, sold for almost $23. It's just this little thing, $23 for the same crappy cat, yeah. just because there was a story. And, and uh, this man decided to question, is it, is it truly something that could be replicated with other items? And he did and yeah. for every single product. When he put a story attached to it, it sold for exponentially more. So stories, huh. stories matter. And when it comes to, so, so the, the first question is, you know, should you tell your story? Yes. It's, you need to. You need to. It's essential to. Um, the next part is, okay, well, well, who do I tell my story to? So one of the seven keys that, um, so the seven keys are basically uh, from the clients I've worked with, from being able to speak internationally, you know, I've worked with executives, I've worked with an Emmy Award winner, I've worked with all these people who are like, oh my gosh, they're, they're incredibly successful. And, and in helping them get up and, and out there, there's seven keys that have become those building blocks to be a successful and a six-figure speaker if you're going down the entrepreneur route. And the first one is crystal clear niche, mm -hmm. is knowing before you, before you figure out what you're gonna speak about, who is it that you're wanting to speak to? And it sounds very simple, but people oftentimes uh, try to speak to everybody. Yeah. And as the saying goes, when you're talking to everybody, you're talking to nobody. Mm -hmm. So there's seven, over seven billion people on this planet, and if you, it's, it's not even realistic to try to speak to and connect with all those people. When you think about it, mm -hmm. in our lifetime, we're only going to be in front of a very, 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 very small percentage of people on this planet. So when you think about who are the who are the people I most want to speak to, who are those people that are a perfect fit for my product or service, yeah. those are the ones that you want to craft and tailor your story to connect with. So when you know your niche, uh, the next thing is what you said is, well, how do I get how do I get speaking opportunities? Yeah. So you ask yourself after you figure out who are those people. What is their problem that they're struggling with? And it's not like a, what's your problem? Kind of like, like mm -hmm. everyone has problems and challenges. What is that person's challenge and what is their desire? So when you have that, you'll mm -hmm. create an avatar yeah. of who that person is. And when you figure out that avatar, you'll think about where do those people hang out? Where do they go? What events do they go to? Put yourself in those events. And when you go to those events, You'll connect with the leaders, the event organizers, and introduce yourself as a, so you could, whatever it is that you have now. If you're a coach, you say, I'm a coach and a speaker, embracing that you are a speaker. Yeah. So you'll tell the event organizer, I am a coach and a speaker. I speak to people like this who attend the event. 
how possible would it be to explore the opportunity to speak with you? Yeah. It, and, and we break that out into templates. We give our, at the members of our summit, step-by-step -step templates for exactly what to say to get the foot in the door. Mm. But that's just the way of getting that, the ball rolling, yeah. of knowing how it is that you figure out your niche, where do they hang out, and then making the introduction. That's how you get started. Yes, I love that. <laughs> um, I just want to say that a lot of these venues that exist even in Seattle or I'm sure across the nation and the world, they have places where they want to host speakers. Mm -hmm. They just need content in the door. They yep. need people to actually speak. Mm -hmm. Like a lot of these people, they'll even have large email lists. They just need people to actually come in and deliver mm -hmm. that information. Mm -hmm. So I think there's a huge opportunity. If you have some kind of value to add to a specific group of people, then it's not all that difficult to actually get in front of them. And just going back to what you said about being crystal clear, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. um, yeah, when you're trying to appeal to everyone, you're <coughs> sorry, appealing to nobody. Mm -hmm. And I think that's so true about even like product development. Like, <coughs> oh gosh, I think it's so true about product development too. Like, we're trying to create something to solve a specific problem for a specific person. It's the same thing. Like, look at look at almost your speaking business, almost sort of like a product yes. in a sense. Yeah. Where I'm trying to help these people with this thing to achieve this desired outcome. And I also like the idea of storytelling as a means to defining your business. Like, okay, so my, my ideal audience kind of has uh, this desire. They want to get to this place. But there's, there's almost like a villain in their life that's keeping them from it. They have yeah. some kind of problem, mm -hmm. right? And you're the guide that comes in and helps them solve that problem. Exactly, yep to get their desire. So I think that's just all really great information. And from all the people that I spoke to, like they say exactly that. So, so that's awesome. So I'm glad we're all aligned with that. Yeah. Um, outside of that, so let's say, how realistic, so you're teaching people to speak more and make more. How realistic is it to make like a solid income right off the bat? Or do you need to spend months and years to cultivate that credibility? Mm. Uh, so that's a great question and uh, firstly it's important that entrepreneurs look at the beliefs that they have around how long it will take to be successful because yeah if if there are and, and it's always starts with the beliefs and the mindset so if someone were to believe you know it takes years to establish credibility that could actually be a limiting belief and I would I would challenge that mm. and say how true how true is that that it takes years to build credibility because that's making an assumption that the more years you are on this planet doing something the more credible you are and there are plenty of people who are doing the same exact thing for years and years and years but not really growing or mastering their skill yeah does that make them more credible just because they have more years I would say no, no. I would challenge that so uh, credibility yeah is is really an interesting word because it's not just the years of experience and we have members who uh, at the summit we talk about your channeling your wow factor which is basically the the things about you when you say them people respond with wow <laughs> that's yeah. pretty impressive we all have those wow factors but we oftentimes hold them back because we have that inner critic saying there's others out there who are better at it than you yeah we could always compare ourselves to people who are further along. Uh, there's always someone who has more experience than you. There's always someone who has something that maybe you're not doing right now. 
And when we compare and despair, we, we keep ourselves held back. Yeah. So instead of comparing yourself to others, I think of it as what's, what's the unique flavor that you bring? Uh, what's the unique special sauce that you offer? Yeah. And every single person has that innately. It's something you just cult you share it. You don't even have to acquire it. Uh, so there's there's this. Uh, I think about one metaphor I like to share is when you think about um, years ago, there was one person who decided to open the world's first pizzeria. Right there had there was that one person. Just like there's one person who starts any idea. Yeah. And they start selling pizzas, great. Now imagine if someone else came along wanting to sell pizza, and they said, they compared themselves to the first pizzeria, and said, well, you know what? I don't have the credibility like this first pizzeria. I don't have the experience, so I'm just not gonna sell pizza. Yeah. Imagine if everyone took that attitude, and we lived in a world where there was one pizzeria. <laughs> it would be tragic, we'd be deprived. We would be deprived of yeah. pizza, and the reason why that doesn't happen is because there's so many pizzerias. I mean, I grew up on Long Island, New York, where you could like, you know, walk down a given block and there's 10 pizzerias there and they're all successful. Yeah. Because each pizzeria, although they're selling the same product, they're delivering it in a different way. Mm. They might have a unique uh, flavor or sauce. Uh, the atmosphere is different. The vibe you get when you walk into certain pizzerias are different. This goes for any business and it goes for every speaker. Mm. So when you, instead of focusing on just your credibility, uh, embrace that there is something unique and powerful that you have to offer that no one else can replicate, right? Everyone can get in front of the room and, sh and talk about uh, personal branding but it's your way of talking about personal branding right. that connects with people unlike yeah. any other. So Frank, this is the Smashing Brands podcast. Let's smash our limiting beliefs now. How much credibility and experience do I really need before getting paid to speak? Mm -hmm. uh, so I would say that it's, it's again about what does credibility mean to you? Yeah. And when you think about your wow factors, those things about your life that are impressive, uh, leading with that, knowing that you have something special to offer, that's what makes you credible. Uh, your ability to connect makes you credible. Yeah. So uh, I started out without any experience, but I had passion and I had an energy and willingness to serve and a curiosity to better understand the people I wanted to help. Yeah. And when I led with that, no one came around and said, wait a second, how many years of experience do you have? Wait a second, you know, how many certifications do you have? And yes, I'm certified, but people never once asked me about yeah. that because they cared about the connection. They cared about my willingness to serve. Um, so if you're just getting started, I would say lead with that. Lead with your ability to connect and your willingness to serve and channel some of those wow factors that you innately have. So to be a successful speaker, you don't need decades of ex uh, speaking experience. Yeah. There's things about you, there's things about anyone watching that are impressive. Um, you know, it, it could be absolutely anything. And here's the one thing that builds credibility more than anything else. It's the most important thing actually, your story. Yeah. Your story is your leading source of credibility and I've led so many events at this point where mm -hmm. I've seen a theme. I could present perfectly crafted content. 
I could spend hours and hours and hours perfecting it. Yeah. But the one thing people will say when they leave my workshops or events is, I loved your story. I resonated with your story. I remembered your story. Your story inspired me. That's your source of credibility. This is so key, you guys, because vulnerability, kind of like even what Frank's been doing on his podcast, sharing his story, that allows you to connect better with the audience. And when you connect with the audience, that's all that, that matters. So storytelling, sharing your story, how can we really, I guess, strategically place it in our presentation? Does it happen in the beginning? How does that work? Yep. So it is absolutely best to share your story in the beginning. Yeah. Uh, you know, facts tell, stories sell. And there are uh, plenty of studies done now, and one of them is, has shown that people actually retain about 65 to 70% of information shared through a story. If you just present dry facts and like a, just a presentation, yeah. people retain only about 10%, five to 10% of it. Huh. So when you lead with a story, it connects with not just the logical part of the brain, but the emotional of the heart. So stories connect the head to the heart. And if you lead an event, with a powerful story, it creates this, I call it like a lean-in from your audience. It's like when they're leaning towards the edge of their seats wanting more. So imagine if you began a workshop, and rather than saying like, here's my product and here's what I'm offering, you say, can I tell you a little bit about myself and why I'm so passionate about what I do? You automatically start yeah. to get that lean-in effect, and then your story keeps people like on the edge of their seat. And then when you go into your content, it's like they're open to receiving it. They're able to to capture the message yeah. more powerfully. So it benefits the audience and it also benefits you because you are building a genuine connection with, with the group and allowing them to see who you really are. Yeah. So there's different elements of what can make a powerful story and um, it's actually one of the uh, things we cover at the summit is those five elements of a powerful story. And I actually shared the first one which was uh, permission, asking permission before you share a story. It's something a lot of speakers don't do. So uh, you ever have it where you're with someone and they just start telling you a story and you're like, why am I even listening to this right now? Like, where did this come from? Well, uh -huh. imagine if you started a, a presentation with, would it be okay if I shared a story about you know what led me to create the, the empire I've built today and how I actually struggled in the process? You get that, yes, tell me more. Yeah. So the, the group is bought in. Right. The group is wanting to hear it, and it also sets you up for success because now when you share, you know that you're sharing from a place of people actually really do want yeah. to hear this. And uh, you know, there's there's a part of the story that is is not just about sharing your awesome, powerful, rock star self, but also being vulnerable in your story. Uh, so when you get permission, it's like you are you are allowing yourself to be vulnerable with people who will respect and honor that. Yeah. You know, it's that vulnerability and that humanity that's yeah. going to allow people to see themselves in you and relate to your story. Uh, so you know that you've had a powerful story when you are able to have people walk away from it saying, I could see myself in your story. Yeah, that is amazing. So I'm, I want to ask, ask some pretty specific questions because I'm actually, I've spoken before, I'm speaking in the future, and I love yeah. the tips that you're sharing, they're great. Um, so telling your story in the beginning, really powerful, we yeah. just talked about that. 
because my content is when I talk about personal branding, it's very uh, I wouldn't say it's like just like facts and boring. It's pretty entertaining, but what you're saying is not a lot of people sort of retain that sort of stuff. When I'm well, when I talk about personal branding, I talk a lot about values, mm -hmm. value, and uniqueness. Mm -hmm. As I share information on those different topics, should I be incorporating my story into all of those as well, like throughout the presentation? Okay, that's a great question. Um, so, uh, what you want to do is, I call it, I call it the stuffometer. Because there's there's the saying know know who you're stuffing, know what you're stuffing them with, yeah, and know when they're stuffed. Huh. So the first know who you're stuffing is what we talked about with knowing your niche. Who are those people that want to hear your message? Know what you're stuffing them with is your content. That's yeah. your presentation, your values, value, and uniqueness. Yeah. And then know when they're stuffed is what a lot of speakers and presenters forget about. Stuffed with information? Yes. Okay, not with story. With information. So when they're stuffed with information, then you tell them the story? Yes, so what'll happen is at the summit we do this thing called the stuffometer, and it's kind of like, if you imagine there's this dial that goes like this, it's how stuffed are you sensing your people are. Yeah. And this is something you've got to intuitively start to cultivate. And you've probably had presentations or been to presentations where you're just like your brain just kind of shuts off you're like this is too much information yeah. and then you go to your phone and then you've just got to you you're full you're stuffed so when you're sharing your yeah. your amazing keys it's knowing how stuffed are they right now sometimes they'll actually pause a workshop and go show me can everyone just show me how how you're feeling how stuffed are you right now and if I get people who are feeling stuffed I've got to loosen up the energy okay. maybe with a funny story Maybe with a little other, uh, something else that's more experiential to get them in their bodies. Yeah. Um, experiential content is another key we talk about, is how do you get people to embody and, and integrate their whole being into your content rather than just giving them information for the head. There's so many different ways and senses we have to experience content, and it sets people apart when they can get, I mean, I have people dancing at my workshops, I have people <laughs> high-fiving, and we do all these crazy things, but they leave energized, they leave inspired, and uh, they leave remembering what I, what I shared. And that's the things that we share at, at the summit. So it's about knowing how stuffed are your people and what can you do to, to uh, allow them to have this experience so that they could loosen up their energy and receive more. That's awesome. So you seem very self-aware when you're speaking about what's going on. You can feel the energy. I feel like when people are just starting out, they're going to be so focused almost on themselves and making sure they're coming off the right way. Yes. As far as all these kind of advanced sort of principles, how do we kind of build up to that? And what's an easy way to start? The easiest way, and this is one of those seven keys to being a successful and six-figure speaker, it's not trying to do this alone entrepreneurs I'm guilty of it myself there's this there's something so fulfilling about blazing our own trail and making it out on our own yeah. and being able to say I did this and there's so much focus on the I the ego the self it's all ego driven no one but the truth is no one ever became successful alone no one every successful person has had mentors yeah. has had people that have supported them, coached them, guided them to get to where they want to be. So it's about being able to say yes 
to receiving support, getting that inspiring mentorship. That's the key. Yeah. And when you allow yourself to be supported, then you get to recognize the blind spots that you don't see. We, we all have them. Every single speaker, successful speaker, has coaches that are telling them things that they might not see. So that self-awareness thing you pointed out, I didn't have that at first, but when I had mentors and guides and coaches. And through experience as well, that's probably the biggest Absolutely, thing. but at, at the beginning, it's like, I don't even know where to start. Yeah. So okay. those people that give you that feedback and say, hey, I heard that you said this, or maybe you could try that. Embracing that is not an option for a successful speaker, it's a requirement, yeah. it is essential. So it's not about, do I need help? It's about how am I going to receive help? And uh, unfortunately, one of the challenges we face in society is that we, we, we don't allow ourselves to be helped because we think it's a, first of all, people think it's a weakness to be helped. Yeah. No, it's actually the opposite. It is a strength. It's a sign of strength and courage to receive help. Uh, you know, it's imagine the next time you ask for help, you feel excited rather than ashamed. Think yeah. about that time, the last time, you know, it's amazing how we could go about life and uh, carrying so much burden that we don't need to carry. So it's about where can I receive support on my speaking? Where could yeah. I say yes to help? So it's a strength. And the second thing about uh, getting mentorship and help is that uh, it's not a selfish thing. You know, I, I work with a lot of uh, holistic practitioners, a lot of life and relationship and health coaches. You know, and, and some, there's, there's a lot of entrepreneurs that are, especially now, very heart-centered and they are, they are so focused on helping that they forget to fill their own cup. They forget mm -hmm. to receive that support, to charge their own engine, to fill the tank. And uh, some of us are raised to believe that it's selfish to receive support. And it's actually the most selfless thing that you do. So when you say yes to yourself and you get the tools and skills you need to thrive You're gonna and, help more people. and you invest in that, you get to overflow and help more people and get your message out there. Yeah. So I encourage, you know, if people want to be a 10 out of 10 with their hustle and grind with their business, that they be a 10 out of 10 with their self-care and rejuvenation. Yeah. That is so key. If you want, I'm going to say it again, if you want to be a 10, when you think about like the yin yang, because yeah. um, I think there's so much spirituality that is integrated in business. So that, the, the uh, yin yang, the yang is that hustle, hustle, grind, burnout. It's what we oftentimes associate entrepreneurship with. It's yeah. like, I'm gonna hustle and grind and I'm gonna you know throw myself in the arena. And then there's the other half, which is the yin. It's the self-care, the nourishment, the asking for help, the investing in your business, the investing in yourself. If you wanna be a 10 out of 10 with hustle and grind and getting business, you've got to be 10 out of 10 with getting the tools, the skills, the support, the self-care that you need to be successful. So I would say to answer your question, that is key. Asking for help and receiving the tools and skills and, and trusting in the mentors yeah. that could help you get there to see this, the blind spots you don't see. I love that. So let's switch it up just a little bit. So okay. let's say I'm interested in creating a business out of speaking. Yep. Is it more ideal to create my own events in charge for that, kind of like what you do with Speak More, Make More, mm -hmm. or should I seek paid speaking opportunities with other companies? It's a great question. So uh, a lot of speakers think that they need to just get paid to speak mm -hmm. by other venues, gigs, event organizers, organizations. And 
that's actually very limiting. There's two ways to get paid to speak. One is gigs. One is your own live events. Yeah. And a lot of people don't think about their own live events. So uh, one of the disadvantages of just building your speaking career from only speaking gigs is that you're you're limited. You're limited to just whatever the budget is of those event organizers. And the who says yes. And who says yes. And yeah. then you're going on a scavenger hunt looking for gig after gig. Mm -hmm. And I say, yes, definitely find speaking gigs. But what if you could supplement that with your own live events where you have the freedom to charge what you want, to attract who you want, uh, to attract the number of people that feel mm -hmm. you feel energized by. Some people want 100 people at their events. Some people want 10 people. And I've had clients who have had only uh, four people at their events and they still generate $5,000 from an event from just four people. Yeah. So your live events could be your workshops, your presentations, your summits, your retreats, whatever it is, your own conferences. That is a powerful way yeah. to, to grow a speaking business. And the only difference is that you just need to learn how to market that and, and attract uh -huh. people. And by knowing your niche, by knowing how to write powerful copy, which is all things that we actually cover at the Speak More, Make More Summit, that's that's your building block for, for getting people at your own live events. And uh, you know that's one of my other businesses I do is I... I support uh, the LGBT community. Yeah, you can talk about it for a minute. That's yeah, great. so that is uh, for LGBT people wanting spiritual awareness and exploration. I noticed there was this big gap being in the community myself, feeling like I was limited to bars and clubs and dating apps just to connect with people, and I wanted deeper connection. And I thought, well, what if instead of looking for this community, I found it? So that was the, the, the marrying of, of being LGBT and spirituality led to what's now the business called Namaste. So Namaste has, has grown to thousands of online members. We've had live events, and I, I did an, I do a Namaste summit. It's a weekend event I do once a year in Seattle, and uh, you know I've had every single one of those weekends has brought in you know the first one. I mean they've all been five figure weekends. Yeah. And that's the power of live events. You know I've done some weekend summits that have brought in over forty thousand dollars, and I'm like oh my god what. <laughs> just from a weekend event. And the powerful thing is I created it. So I can replicate it, I can keep doing it. So yeah. that's, what, that's what I teach at Speak More, Make More, because people were asking, well, how did you build the success with Namaste? Within, it was under a year. Yeah. And it was about following the seven keys and also embracing a live event business model. And, and that's key, and, and now a lot of, uh, like they did this whole study of marketers and what they think. Yeah. And eighty percent of these marketers that they that they surveyed said that live events are essential and critical to being able to uh, outlast competitors, to stand out amongst competitors. Uh, they are they're something that people are hungry for because the past 15, 20 years have been so much focused on online social media. And that's still powerful, but people are craving that in-person connection where they could build community, where they could right. uh, connect with others in person. Um, so that's why live events are, are, are and are still becoming an incredibly powerful way to grow business. And they're also lots of fun. Yeah. So with these live events, I think that's awesome that you're just like, hey, I'm not going to rely on getting these paid speaking opportunities through other companies. I'm going to actually take, a, take action, build my brand, and actually 
create some of these live events where I can then charge or whatnot for workshops yep. or a keynote or something like that. What are, so after we found you know our niche and who we're appealing to, what are some of your marketing tools and techniques that you use mm -hmm. to get traction? Yep. Uh, so you've got your niche. Uh, you know, one of those things that's important is to really have the copy down. So copy, it just means it's words that inspire action. So you've got to know exactly when you are networking, when you're going out there talking about what you do, knowing how to say the right words that are going to resonate, that are going to inspire action, that are going to evoke curiosity, and that are going to be conversational. So a lot of speakers make the mistake of overcomplicating what they do and, and saying it in a way that uses very clinical, jargony-like words. So uh, one of those things when you're marketing yourself is getting down the copy. Um, and that's actually one of those seven keys. It's enticing copy, being able to know exactly what those words are that are going to resonate most. Um, so when you get those words clear, it's about, you know, there's so many different ways that you could put yourself out there as a speaker. Um, it could be finding related groups that bring together the people that you're wanting to meet. Um, that's a powerful way to find speaking gigs. Yeah. Um, you could be starting with your own network of, you know, just asking around if what groups are looking for speakers, you know? Yeah. Um, and also, also going to events where there are speakers because that's where you can find opportunities to collaborate, Yeah. to build those joint ventures, to build those strategic partnerships. Uh, so those are all ways that you could start to get out there as, as a speaker. And we had one of our uh, attendees actually, oh my gosh, it excites me so much to talk about her. Um, her name is Mariah and she's an executive leadership coach and she was grinding away in the nine to five corporate world, wanted to be a coach and a speaker. Yeah. And um, she had done all these programs, was so burnt out from them. And then I said, Mariah, I'd love to help you. I'd love to give this a shot. So she actually invested in me and I took that very, uh, cool. with just a lot of honor. And uh, she is now running a full-time speaking and coaching career where she's awesome. traveled, she went on a speaking tour around the world uh, where she's been able to speak to women uh, particularly uh, women in minority groups about showing up as executive leaders. Um, and it's stories like Mariah that just inspire me and fill my heart up so much because I just know that even if you know, you've tried so many things before and it hasn't worked or you felt rejected so many times or you grew up feeling like your voice does not matter that uh, you, you have that ability, everyone has that ability to, to share something powerful and it just starts with giving yourself that permission. Absolutely. And let's say, how many years are you into your speaking career? Oh my gosh. Um, let's see. I was thinking about this the other day. I think it's been about five or so years. Yeah. It feels like longer. <laughs> uh, well, well, I guess, would you count like when I first started talking at like maybe two years old? Is that how it's like? <laughs> Not quite. That's when I started speaking. <laughs> right, right. But, but career, I'd say about five years. Yeah. So, what do you wish you would have known when you started that could have helped you make more impact, progress faster, that sort of thing? I would say the biggest thing, I love this question so much, is that when I started, I was so focused on getting it right. Mm. I was so focused on getting it perfect, mm. on making it polished, on looking professional, and I literally, I, I, my body tightens as I say those words, polished, perfect, professional. Yeah. And I remember my first talk that I gave, I was doing a leadership development training and I had a co-facilitator with me. 
And I left that eight hour day training with so much pain in my body. My neck was sore, my shoulders were tight. And it was because I was trying so hard to be perfect. Mm. I was trying to get everything right. And my co-facilitator told me on the side, one phrase that forever changed everything for me, and it's the most important thing that I uh, share at the summits, it's instead of getting it right, start getting it real. Mm. Stop getting it right and start getting it real. And the moment I heard that phrase, the world opened up to me. I felt my whole shoulders relax. I showed up the next day of this training feeling so much lighter in front of the room. And it was my joy that connected with people. It was my playfulness. It was my ability to share in this, in this really powerful, genuine way that had people walking up to me saying, thank you for being so engaging this whole time. And, and that is what I would want to leave people with most. It's, it's stop trying to get it right and start getting it real. What does that mean to you? It means putting down the mask. It means putting down the mask of who we're trying to prove, what we're trying to prove, uh, and what we're trying to hide. Putting down that mask and being seen as we are. And when you do that in front of the room, when we've had, when we've had members and graduates of our summits do that, that's where they notice it not only becomes fun and fulfilling, yeah. but it becomes profitable and lucrative because people are investing in who you really are, not in who you're trying to be or prove. You know, it's like people don't want to see you when you're on script. They want to see you when you're off script because when they're seeing the real human of you. Yeah. So that's what it means to me. It's showing people the real, the real true expression of who you are. That's powerful. And I just want to acknowledge you, Frank, for being real and, uh, you know, through building this connection with you and you being on the podcast, sharing your story, all these amazing tips. It's great. And uh, I'm really grateful. And I'm sure people listening to this will relate to your story and it'll help them. So let's talk about being real at uh, the Speak More, Make More Summit. So yeah. what exactly is going on? And is it May... Fifth and sixth. Yeah, so okay. it's almost. <laughs> is it fourth and fifth? <laughs> yes, it is. Okay. So we have three weekend summits, and a lot of people think, "Oh my gosh, a weekend! What?" Uh, they're powerful. They're deep. They're also a lot of fun. And people have said they they felt like it went by like that. So we have one coming up May fourth and fifth in Seattle, and also September fourteenth and fifteenth. Uh, and, and if no matter when people listen to this, if you go to speakmoremakemore.com, you'll be able to know about our upcoming summits. Uh, they are events that are just so wonderful and fun. Uh, yeah. I'll be facilitating at that event. And I would love to, uh, you know, it's a deep dive into speaking more and making more. So we actually call Saturdays the Speak More Day, where it's all about how to craft your story so that it, it comes across powerfully and that you articulate it well. How to really captivate and connect with the room so you build trust, even if you're an introvert. Um, how to stand out amongst other speakers. Yeah. Uh, and how to, how to really manage the energy of the room. And then on Sunday, it's the make more day. So it's about how do you get paid to speak? How do you actually get referrals? Uh, how do you build your speaking career? And we go over templates for how to make $15,000 a month or more, mm. um, even if you don't have any experience getting paid to speak. Um, so 
I would love to offer a gift to listeners. Yeah, that's cool. So as uh, just a gift to those following along with with Alex's podcast and as just a thank you to you because I know you're going to be coming to one of our summits. Uh, If you're feeling inspired and energized at the opportunity to speak more and make more in your life, uh, we have three scholarship tickets that we are offering to listeners of the Smashing Brands podcast. Yeah. So if you go to speakmoremakemore.com, you click apply and mention the Smashing Brands podcast and our team will automatically approve you for scholarship, which brings down the tuition significantly. So you go to speakmoremakemore.com to claim that. And the first three people who want to get that, we'd love to have you at one of our Speak More Make More summits. Awesome. That's, that's fantastic, guys. Um, I have a few people who I'll be reaching out to for sure regarding that, awesome. but uh, it doesn't hurt if you're watching this podcast to reach out to me um, if you are interested in that opportunity. I, I just think there's going to be so much value. Like, I didn't exactly know what to expect coming into this, like at the summit in May, but after having this conversation with you, like I have a more detailed understanding of what it might be about, yeah. and I'm, I'm more excited than ever. Awesome. So guys, thank you so much for listening uh, to the Smashing Brands podcast. If you want to connect with Frank, his name is Frank Macri. I'll leave all his social media links in the description below. You can follow him on Instagram, add him on LinkedIn, send him an email, whatever it is you guys like. Um, So thank you guys for listening, and uh, thank you, Frank, for uh, being on the podcast. Thanks for having me. It was awesome.